a small, insecure, thin-skinned, wannabe tyrant. Was she talking about me? I think she was talking about me. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. No, I'm not. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. And there's no place I'd rather be. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast. As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM, People Powered Radio in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus. And we got some Ohio news, I think, today. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul, AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, Radio Monterey, and Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Joining you for another thrilling action-packed adventure after a, after an exhausting week, to be frank, over the past week uh, following the primary elections out here in California and in Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Dakota, etc., but we're hanging in there and glad you can uh, you can join us for them. Uh, coming up, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Desi Doyen will be joining us for a Green News Report. Hey! Hi, Desi Doyen. I'm still here. What? Nice to see you. You look well. We've got uh, a number of uh, actually positive, encouraging things for a change in your Green News Report today, I think. Yes. Mostly. Uh, and encouraging uh, legislative things, encouraging uh, things concerning uh, green news and the environment that underscore once again why elections actually matter, why voting is important. Indeed it is. And yes, you'll you'll find that this does definitely support that not that idea. OK, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, OK, so we have that to look forward to. But uh, speaking of elections, we are still covering the mess that continues out here in California. And I'm going to get to that uh, in a moment. Some uh, some new news, some new data coming out of the state of California as votes continue to be tabulated. Yes, some 2.5 million of them. More on that in a second, uh, because in the meantime, while we are still fighting, as we do on this show not just during the election uh, periods, but really all year around as we are continuing to fight to make sure that votes are counted, counted accurately and counted in a way that the electorate can know they're counted accurately. The corporate mainstream media, as is their want, 
has since moved on. They're done. They don't care. They don't care about all the people who haven't had their votes counted at all, much less correctly out here in California. They have moved on. Bernie Sanders is done. Hillary Clinton is the nominee, which, by the way, all may turn out to be true, but we ought to, we think it ought to be, you know, actually done, actually verified before we all move on. Nonetheless, I can't control the corporate mainstream media. Not sure I would want to, even if they uh, allowed me to. That said, um, the media moves on and uh, folks like uh, President Obama yesterday, we played on the program, has now endorsed Hillary Clinton. Uh, Joe Biden did. uh, I don't know if it was an official endorsement, but he certainly came out in support for Hillary Clinton yesterday. And Elizabeth Warren. Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, uh, very popular with uh, with 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 the populists, with the socialists, the Democratic socialists, the independent socialists, those who support uh, Bernie Sanders also like Elizabeth Warren, or at least they did. At least they did. Now they're a little mad at her because she, in fact, did come out in support of Hillary Clinton and endorsed her. On uh, on Rachel Maddow's show last night, but I think to some extent Elizabeth Warren may have stepped on her own news uh, of the endorsement of Hillary Clinton. She stepped on Hillary Clinton's news in any event, uh, I think, uh, by this last question and her rather remarkable answer to it. This last question from Rachel Maddow and uh, Elizabeth Warren's kind of amazing answer here was that question and her answer and we're not editing it here at all so the the pauses you hear were as they were on on uh, on rachel maddow's show on thursday night if you were asked to be secretary clinton's running mate um do you believe you you could do it and by that i mean the most important job of being a vice president is to be ready to be president if god forbid something happened to the commander in chief I know you don't want the job, but do you believe you would be capable of stepping into that job and doing that job if you were ever called to do it? Because, and I ask you because Ed Rendell, former DNC chairman, former Pennsylvania governor, uh, said recently that you were in no, no, not in any way, shape, or form ready to be commander in chief. I want to know if you think you could be. Yes, I did. Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts um, making this endorsement for the first time. Yes, I do. Boom goes the dynamite. (laughs) Yes, she is prepared to be commander in chief. She's ready to be commander in chief. No question about it, according to Elizabeth Warren. Kind of an amazingly uncharacteristically affirmative, direct response to a question. Usually you hear in in cases like this, you know, because obviously the question is who's uh, Hillary Clinton going to pick as her veep? A lot of speculation about Elizabeth Warren. Does she want the job? Earlier in the interview, she said oh, she loves being senator, which is, you know, that's kind of the right answer you're supposed to give in those questions. Do you want to be vice president? You're not supposed to be seen as rallying for it. But when she was asked directly, are you prepared for the most important job of the vice presidency, which is the ability to take over the presidency, should you be called on? She said directly, yes, I am. Now, normally, most politicians uh, would dodge that. And I was watching that uh, question as it was coming from uh, from Maddow, thinking, oh, she's going to come up, you know, oh, I, you know what? We're getting ahead of ourselves. I love my job in the U.S. Senate. Uh, we'll cross those bridges when we come to it. That's a question for another day. No, she said, yes, I am. Boom, from Elizabeth Warren. 
And of course, you know, part of that, I think, was because Maddow kind of goaded her into it. I mean, bringing up the Ed Rendell yes. question, the former yes. governor who is nothing if not a Democratic establishment gatekeeper, right. who is probably interested in tamping down any talk that uh, doesn't comport with whatever it is that the Clinton administra- that the Clinton uh, campaign is right. going for. So he kind of got goaded into that. I mean, he's basically saying, yeah, you can't do it. So what's she going to say? She could say, I uh, I respect uh, Mr. Rendell. I'm not going to respond to that at this time. He can say whatever he wants to say. I, uh, I'm here today to endorse Hillary Clinton, and we can talk about those things on another day or something like that. But she did not. She said, yes, I am ready to go. She wants this job. She wants to be uh, uh, asked to be vice president. She did point out that yep. no one has talked to her about it, though. She said, I don't think uh, we have talked about it. I don't think our people have talked about it. So, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But it certainly would make, I think, a lot of Bernie Sanders uh, supporters very happy. A lot of those uh, supporters, as I said, are are a little angry at her because she did not come out earlier and endorse uh, Bernie Sanders, which would have or could have made a very big difference throughout the uh, primary cycle. So they're a little angry with her. Uh, but frankly, if they give a damn about this country and if they give a damn about progressive policies, uh, hopefully they won't be mad at her for long if she decides to come on as vice president on the ticket with Hillary Clinton. If Hillary Clinton turns out to be the nominee, as uh, is most likely the case. Uh, Stephen Colbert observed that uh, what we, actually what we did on yesterday's program, that Donald Trump is now making a play directly for these Bernie Sanders voters, unhappy uh, voters who are unhappy about him winning, not winning and unhappy about Hillary Clinton getting the nomination. Voters who just do not like Hillary Clinton. Here's uh, here's how uh, Stephen Colbert characterized that situation on The Late Show on CBS. Bernie Sanders has not dropped out yet, but Hillary Clinton has already started reaching out to his supporters. And shockingly, so has Donald Trump. To all of those Bernie Sanders voters who have been left out in the cold by a rigged system of superdelegates, we welcome you with open arms. Yes, Bernie supporters, Donald Trump welcomes you with open arms. If you can't have what you want, how about the exact opposite? (laughs) It's like... It's like when they're all out of chocolate ice cream, so instead you get someone to call you fat and deport your family. (laughs) Mm, 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 That sounds good. So that was, and that's, you know, uh, that's a good point. When I, what I hear from, and I hear from them all the time from Sanders supporters who are saying uh, they could never, ever vote for Hillary. Okay, I understand that. I appreciate that for whatever reason. Uh, but you say you're going to vote for Donald Trump? Really? Really? I guess it would be one thing if I heard from these folks and they said, I'm going to vote for Jill Stein or even I'm going to stay home. Now, I might disagree with uh, any number of those uh, points of view, but the idea that you would go out and vote for Donald Trump, really? Uh, The most unqualified, disingenuous, psychopathic person who has ever run for president of the United States for a major party, at least who has ever uh, been a presumptive nominee for that party. We'll see if that happens, by the way. Republicans are still there are some dead enders who are still holding out for some kind of a a white knight to to ride up at the uh, at the convention this year. 
um, change to, to somehow change the rules before the convention starts in order to allow someone else to step forward. I think they would have potentially riots on their hands if they did that. But uh, there are still some of these guys, these guys who are always wrong, the Bill Crystal types uh, pretending that they're going to come up with some way to undermine a Donald Trump nomination uh, before it's official. Well, good luck with that. Uh, in the meantime, as folks are looking forward uh, to, to those conventions, we're still back here in California trying to actually, you know, count ballots. And I've been reporting on this program uh, since the Tuesday primary about the number of outstanding ballots. Now, let me make it clear, uh, by the way, uh, Hillary Clinton, according to the results that have been reported to date across the state, Hillary Clinton uh, is far, far ahead of Bernie Sanders, at least according to the results that we have in now, and at least according to the uh, results that are completely unverified. They are counted by computer tabulators, either correctly or incorrectly. Nobody at this time knows because nobody has bothered to count the actual ballots. We're just going on whatever the computers say. And what the computers say right now is that she is uh, winning so far, statewide, as we go to air right now, by about, what is this at now, uh, 13 points. Pretty huge win across the state of California. 13 points. This is out of some three and a half million votes that have been uh, tabulated to date, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? But three and a half million uh, and a 13 point lead. That's about 500,000 votes that she that Hillary Clinton currently leads uh, Bernie Sanders by in this huge state, largest state in the country. Now, here in Los Angeles, by the way, if we in Los Angeles County were a state, just Los Angeles County, with five million voters in just this county alone, uh, I think we would be the seventh largest state in the country. We have more voters in L.A. County alone than in 42 other states. So it's pretty big. So there's a lot of votes that are still out. We reported uh, yesterday and the day before uh, on the some 240,000 provisional ballots that were cast for some reason on Tuesday, various reasons. Uh, now we learn that number is actually about 10,000 votes higher so we're talking about uh, 150,000 votes, uh, just I'm sorry, uh, 250,000 provisional votes. Votes It had been 240,000. So, in fact, some 250,000 provisional ballots were uh, were given out. I've been uh, speaking with the uh, L.A. County about this with the. Uh, Registrar Recorder County Clerk about these numbers. He has contended that while it is a large number, it is not disproportionately large considering the size of this election and the complexity of this election, the turnout for this election. Uh, and yet I have still been buried by emails, calls, conversations with folks about problems that uh, people had at the polls on Tuesday and people showing up to vote, being told they were uh, vote by mail voters when they didn't remember signing up as vote-by-mail voters. So there is a lot to still be figured out about this elections, about this election. Uh, for his part, the, um, the uh, Dean Logan, the Registrar County Clerk, said that uh, he went back and looked at some of these uh, voters who were coming in with this problem and found that, indeed, they had selected to be permanent vote-by-mail voters when they first signed up online 
So at least people who signed up online may have chosen to be a permanent vote by mail voters either without knowing it or they just simply didn't remember. He said that the original uh, 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 form online that was used when we started online registration out here in California may have been misleading, may have been confusing. So these people may not have known uh, that they were signed up as permanent vote by mail voters. He did add uh, Dean Logan did add uh, telling me that uh, that was speculative on his part, that we need to wait and find out and figure out what is actually Uh, going on once we have more data, once we have counted those actual provisional ballots. Maybe we'll get a better idea. Maybe we'll get a better idea of who actually they support and who they don't. So now we know uh, since uh, when we went off the air on Thursday night that it's not 240,000 provisionals. It's actually 250,000 provisionals in Los Angeles County, bringing the, uh, the number of votes uh, still uncounted in L.A. County alone to 616,000 votes uncounted. Mind you, there's a uh, 500,000-vote margin between the uh, uh, Sanders and Clinton. This was as of of Friday. Uh, And more than 600,000 votes yet to be counted in Los Angeles alone. Overall, KPCC reports down here in uh, Pasadena that uh, some two two and a half million ballots are yet to be counted in California from the Tuesday primary. This according to numbers released by the Secretary of State. So um, of the uh, 2.5 million unprocessed ballots, they report 1.8 million are vote-by-mail ballots, uh, a little over 700,000 provisional ballots and some 80,000 ballots are those that have been damaged in some fashion, couldn't be read by the, uh, uh, the optical scan computers, and they'll have to be uh, further reviewed. As well, voters were able to send out vote-by-mail ballots as late as June 7. That was the primary day, was June 7, so some may not arrive uh, until several days later. So that 2.5 million is not necessarily the end of the number. 2.5 million unprocessed ballots, a, a race that is currently uh, 500,000 votes separate the two candidates. So that could change. That's one of the reasons why Bernie Sanders has said he was not going to drop out until all the ballots were counted in the state of California, which I greatly appreciate. Can't tell you how greatly I appreciate a candidate actually saying, no, we are going to wait until all of the ballots are counted. Now, he doesn't always do that. He hasn't done that in other states. Bernie Sanders hasn't. But for now, at least he's doing it in this state. Uh, Orange County, California, has more than 200,000 unprocessed ballots. Um So uh, San Bernardino has almost 100,000 unprocessed ballots. Riverside County, California, has 130,000 unprocessed ballots. So it's going to take a while. There's uh, uh, in California, counties have until July 8 to canvas their ballots. So we're talking about another month worth of uh, of tallying, counting, processing and so forth. so there you go. Now, they KPCC also reports that experts say voter participation likely didn't live up to a record number of registrations. We had some 650,000 uh, new registered voters out here, 650,000 in just the last six weeks of the uh, registration period. 
Uh, but the experts, according to KPCC, say that the numbers didn't live up, quote, partly because presidential primaries were settled. Well, they weren't settled. Uh, and that was uh, something that we have also been railing about on this uh, program uh, since last Monday when uh, the Associated Press came out and announced it was all over, that Hillary Clinton would uh, be the uh, first uh, female nominee for a major uh, political party. That before 18 million voters had even headed to the polls in California, much less uh, the other uh, states around the country. Uh, Des, you had a, a thought you wanted to get in on this? Oh, it was basically uh, helping people to understand that yeah. these things take time. As you've said, Los Angeles County being the largest ju voting jurisdiction in the United States, mm -hmm. Riverside County, San Diego County, and all the other counties in California. This stuff takes time. And do you want it fast or yeah. do you want it accurate? Yeah, which is I remember uh, speaking with the, uh, uh, the former Secretary of State out here, Deborah Bowen, who said exactly that. She used to say that all the time. She told me, Brad, do you want it fast or do you want it right? Yeah, well, we'd like it right, at least as right as we can get it with a system that uh, really doesn't bother to verify that a single vote has been tabulated accurately when it's been th uh, put through the computer. But at least, you know what? Let's get them all tallied. Uh, there was a couple of others uh, before I move on to some of these other issues I wanted to get to. There was a couple of uh, tweets that I wanted to respond to as well that have come in this week as I'm hearing from a lot of people in California and beyond about their concerns. Uh, Mike Lamb uh, tweets uh, concerning the problems uh, that have been reported, not just in California, but throughout the entire electoral cycle as America has been trying to cast their vote. Mike Lamb says if there were as many problems with ATMs in the past five months as voting, there'd be a congressional investigation and FBI by the scores. And he's absolutely right there. Uh, me, my, me, me, my, too tweets me at the Brad blog to say, I believe if the provisional ballots were counted now in California, Bernie might be winner from what I experienced working as a poll worker. So she worked as a poll worker. Uh, she believes that uh, the provisional ballots might make the difference for Bernie Sanders. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out if they do. We'll find out what percentage of them actually gets tallied. Um, and we'll, you know, see if they uh, if they are different from what has come in so far, showing Hillary Clinton with a huge lead. If all of these votes I'm talking about, these 2.5 million still untallied votes, remember, three and a half million have been tallied, but two and a half million have not. So really just a little bit over half have been uh, accounted to date. Uh, if all of those votes come in and they're at a similar percentage to what we've seen so far, then Hillary Clinton wins uh, California in a walk. Easily. Uh, if those people who have been uh, kept from voting for various reasons on a normal ballot and were given uh, provisional ballots, then that could change the totals somewhat. We will see. Uh, they have been narrowing a little bit, by the way, over the past couple of days, the, the, the margin between uh, Clinton and Sanders. Uh, but not tremendously so, at least not yet. But those provisional ballots in particular take a long time because they all have to be verified to make sure that the, the voter was uh, was qualified, was registered to vote in the proper party and so forth. So we will see. Uh, Otis H. writes me uh, via email, which you can do as well. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com via email. Otis H. writes to say registration changes 
may have happened because people signed petitions that they do not read that are actually registration forms. And that is a problem we've seen out here in California in the past, where these people stand in front of grocery stores asking you to sign a, a registration form uh, for, you know, to, to help out uh, people. Save the with, whales. Save the whales, uh, cancer uh, research and so forth. And then it turns out you put your signature on what is actually a voter registration form that changes your voter registration form to, let's say, the Republican Party. The Republican Party, which in California uh, has put bounties out for registration, uh, for Republican registrations. Five, ten, twenty dollars they are uh, paying uh, over the years. They pay these con man outfits to sign up uh, Republican uh, registrants. And so if they can trick people into signing their name on a form without paying close attention to what they're signing up for, they may have gotten changed to Republican voters. Yes, we've seen that. Yes, that has happened. Yes, people have gone to jail for it out here in California. So that could also be part of the problem. Millennial Old Soul writes me to say uh, on the Twitters to say, LOL, we can do banking order uh, we can do banking, order food and rides right from our phones, but voting is literally the most an antiqu an antiquated technology ever. And that's true. Uh, but actually, it's not as antiquated as it should be, if you ask my opinion. Uh, right now, we use these computers. We shouldn't. We should just uh, use paper ballots that are hand-marked by human beings, that are hand-counted by human beings publicly at the polling place on election night. And if that was the case, uh, we'd have uh, the bulk of the tallying done by now, and we wouldn't have people questioning whether it's accurate or not. So, uh, yeah, we can do banking online, but that's because uh, banking doesn't include a secret ballot. Banking, you can go back and uh, you, the credit card company, the banks, et cetera, can go back uh, days, weeks, months, years from now if there's any question about the results. You cannot do that with a secret ballot. Once you drop it in the ballot, uh, in the ballot box, it's done, it's gone. It's either counted accurately or not at that point, but that's why we need people to oversee the counting, not computers, not black boxes. Not sending it through a system of uh, wires and uh, or a system of tubes, as they used to call the Internet, uh, where it can be hacked and uh, or it cannot be hacked. But we can't oversee it and know either way. So, uh, yeah, it's antiquated. It should be even less uh, more antiquated. I wish we would go uh, to uh, hand counted paper ballots at this point. D.R. Tucker writes to say, uh, excellent uh, two hours. He was referring to our Wednesday show when we did an extra hour. Hope AP, the AP Associated Press backlash, spurs efforts to expand progressive media footprint in the U.S. Well, of course, I share uh, D.R. Tucker's uh, hope, but I don't think it's going to happen. Associated Press uh, calling the race, uh, calling the nomination for Hillary Clinton before people even headed to the polls on uh, on Tuesday. Oh, dude, the media cannot wait to move on from Bernie Sanders. They've nope. been trying to move on from him since he got into the race. Yep. Uh, they sure can't. That's what they do. All right. Uh, but we are not moving on. We are going to stick on this and uh, actually not stick on California so much, but stick on Ohio. I want to uh, talk a little bit about Ohio and some stuff that's going on out there that will concern your election that I urge you to stay tuned and listen to now, not wait until 
afterwards. And that's one of the problems that we've had here in California, that people have waited. Sanders supporters uh, waited until just before the election or now just after the election to uh, start wringing their hands, to start getting angry, to try to change the system, to file lawsuits, all of that stuff. All of these things I've been warning about for months and months and for years and years, to be frank, and telling people do not wait until your candidate has lost an election before you start giving a damn about our electoral system and about our democracy. So there's still some time to do something, maybe a little bit, uh, some time to do something about the November elections. We'll talk about that when we come back and much more on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. What is love? And the evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. This is my democracy. You won't go telling me my vote don't matter anymore. No, you won't. And it's not worth fighting. Fighting for your democracy, your vote, every day of the week, every month of the year, every year, uh, right here on the Bradcast and at bradblog.com. Brad Friedman here with you. That is, by the way, Victoria Parks, uh, who wrote that song. It's a fantastic song, uh, My Vote Don't Matter Anymore, in response uh, to what happened back in Ohio in 2004. And a voter who was turned away uh, from the polling place in Ohio uh, who, who felt like uh, their vote didn't matter anymore uh, because they were they were turned away. And what happened in Ohio in 2004? Yes. For those of you who are tired of me talking about what happened in California just days ago, um, I'm still talking about what happened in Ohio uh, 12 years ago. Uh, and and that uh, abomination of an election that took place in 2004 when uh, Democratic uh, candidate at the time, John Kerry, decided to uh, told promised everyone he would make sure every vote was counted this time after the abomination four years earlier in 2000. Uh, and then, of course, John Kerry folded the next day and uh, quit before the votes were counted, were counted at all. Uh, so I'm still angry at him about that and about all of the Supreme Court nominations that were made in George W. Bush's second term and all the <clears throat> hell that came to this country thanks to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a long memory. I know this stuff matters. I know that elections matter. Victoria Parks now runs our uh, our affiliate in Columbus, Ohio, WGRN, the Green Renaissance Network on 94.1 FM. So, uh, yeah, that. Yay, Victoria. Yeah. Yay, Victoria. <laughs> that uh, that song still comes in handy all of these years later. And I mentioned Ohio because we've got some news out of Ohio as uh, as folks are, are are still fighting for ballots to be counted at all out here in California. Meanwhile, in Ohio, the 
swing state that could determine the election in November. Reuters did some pretty good reporting here and found that uh, as the November 8 elections loom, officials in Ohio have removed tens of thousands of voters from registration lists in the Buckeye state because they have not cast a ballot since 2008. All U.S. states periodically cleanse their voter rolls, but only a handful remove voters simply because they don't vote on a regular basis. And nowhere could the practice have a greater potential impact in the state-by-state battle for the White House than Ohio, a swing state that has backed the winner in every presidential election. They should put winner in quotes there, but I'll take their point. Every A winner in every presidential election since 1960. Voters of all stripes in Ohio are affected, but the policy appears to be helping Republicans in the state's largest metropolitan areas, according to a Reuters survey of voter lists in the state's three largest counties that include Cleveland, Cincinnati and Columbus. Voters have been struck from the rolls in Democratic leaning neighborhoods at roughly twice the rate as in Republican neighborhoods. That's because residents of relatively affluent Republican-leaning neighborhoods are more likely to vote in both congressional elections and presidential contests, according to historical uh, turnout rates. Democrats are less likely to vote in midterm elections and thus are more at risk of falling off the rolls. I'll explain why in a moment. But they find that in the three biggest counties, at least 144,000 voters have been removed. The Reuters analysis found uh, the statewide total is unclear, but in those just those three counties alone. Uh, But neighborhoods that have um, a high proportion of poor African-American residents, they are the hardest hit, according to this analysis. Now, the reason that these registrations are canceled is because of the way that Ohio uh, purges their voting rolls. Now, there are legitimate reasons for purging voting rolls when people die. They need to be removed from the rolls. And it is uncommon that after people die, they bother to call up and request uh, their removal because they're dead. So, uh, you know, you have to go through and, 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 and deal with that in various ways. This has to be done in counties, uh, in states all over the country. But the way that uh, they they choose to uh, purge people and they also move, by the way, we have a very mobile society now. People move a lot and they often don't call the old uh, county where they were previously registered to remove themselves. So those people stay on the rolls, what we call deadwood, uh, you know, uh, dead voters or voters who have moved, etc. So there needs to be a process to uh, to remove them. But the way that it works in Ohio is that if you miss three straight federal elections in a row, they're supposed to then send you a letter saying, hey, you haven't voted for three federal elections in a row. Have you moved? And if you don't respond to that postcard, as most people do not, then you are removed from the rolls in Ohio. It's actually legal. That's the way for now. That's the way they do their process out there. But that means uh, that those who don't vote over a six year stretch or respond to that mailed postcard have only themselves to blame, at least according to uh, Ohio's Republican Secretary of State, John uh, Husted. He said, if this is really an important thing to do in your life, voting, you probably would have done so within a six year period. 
Now, that's none of his goddamn business, whether you vote uh, on a regular basis or not. You can vote when you want to vote. But what it means is that Democrats who have not voted since the 2008 election, when you had a huge turnout, people showing up for the presidential race, uh, that year, a huge turnout for uh, for Barack Obama might not have. Uh, well, certainly didn't show up in big numbers. Democrats did not show up to vote in 2010, which gave the uh, uh, control of the uh, of the U.S. Uh, of U.S. House and Senate back to uh, back to Republicans at that point in 2010. And then in 2012, it looked like Barack Obama was going to win. So they might not have showed up at all then either. And then 2014, when once again, Democrats did not show up, but Republicans did because they had been told that Barack Obama is uh, threatening their very way of life and they must show up. And the Tea Partiers came out. And so Republicans voted. They voted in 2010, 2012 and 2014. But a lot of Democrats did not. And a lot of those very Democrats may find themselves purged from the rolls in Ohio in 2016. Now, I had mentioned 20, uh, 2004 in Ohio and the very close race there. Not that the media regarded it that way at the time, but it was very close. In fact, it was so close that it had just six voters in each of Ohio's precincts. Had six votes in each of those precincts been tabulated for John Kerry instead of George W. Bush, then John Kerry would have been the president of the United States as of 2004. And I wonder if the Republican Secretary of State, John Houston, bothered to inform voters, say, through in a voter education drive, that, hey, if you haven't voted, you're going to be purged. I wonder if they bothered to really let people know about that, that aspect of their, their voter laws. Uh, no. In short, no, he hasn't. Now, he'll say, oh, well, we sent him a postcard. They didn't respond to the postcard. So there you go. Now, how often do you get those postcards in the mail from various government agencies that you either don't notice, you don't respond to, you don't open for months and months, you think it's too late? Uh, you know, so that happens all the time. Uh, and therefore, we're seeing uh, tens of thousands of voters removed from the rolls, and they might not find out until they show up to vote on Election Day. In the general election in 2000 and, uh, in 2016, in November, four civil liberties groups have sued to end the practice, to end what it is that uh, uh, this Republican uh, law does in the state of Ohio. They argue that it violates federal law and that it unfairly ends up targeting low income and minority voters. Of course, uh, folks on the right see it differently. Tom Fitton of the crazy right-wing group Judicial Watch described uh, the lawsuits against this practice as, quote, a power play by civil liberties groups, because you know how much power those civil libertarians have. Uh, power play by civil libertarian uh, civil liber liberties groups, quote, to ensure that candidates they like are able to steal elections if necessary. That's why they're suing uh, to not remove these voters from the rolls so that Democrats can uh, steal elections as necessary. Because those voters, yes, might yeah. vote and God forbid that should happen. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's the way the Republicans regard this stuff. And that's the way the corporate media too often uh, uh, reports what's going on. They just simply report, uh, you know, a right winger like this Tom Fitton guy uh, as if, uh, you know, there is reason to believe that uh 
elections are being stolen by uh, by voters who aren't supposed to vote, by dead voters, by voters who have moved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, for example, in Cleveland's Cuyahoga County, five percent of voters in neighborhoods that backed Obama. Uh, by more than 60% in 2012, were purged last year due to inactivity. 5% were purged. And these are places where Obama uh, won by, uh, had 60% of the vote or more. 5% were, were purged in Cuyahoga County in those neighborhoods, in neighborhoods where Obama got less than 40% of the vote, just 2.5% of registered voters were removed for that reason. In Franklin County, 11% of voters in Democratic-leaning neighborhoods have been purged since 2012. That's 11% have been purged, while just 6% of voters in Republican-leaning neighborhoods have been purged. But uh, the disparity is most stark in Hamilton County, where uh, affluent Republican suburbs ring uh, Cincinnati has one of the highest uh, Cincinnati has one of the highest child poverty rates in the country in the heavily African-American neighborhoods near downtown. More than 10 percent of registered voters have now been removed due to inactivity since 2012. Meanwhile, in suburban Indian Hill, only 4 percent have been purged due to inactivity. Overall, some 30,000 voters have been removed due to inactivity since 2012 alone, a larger figure than Obama's margin of victory that year in Ohio. You got that? 30,000 voters have been removed, a number that is larger than the number of voters who gave the state of Ohio to, uh, to Barack Obama in 2012. Now's the time to be worried about that. Now is the time to check your registration in the state of Ohio. You might want to set an alarm on your uh, on your iPhone. Go ahead and check it once a month just to make sure you haven't been purged in the state of Ohio and in states around the country, by the way. Don't wait until it's too late. I don't know how, uh, you know, Des, we need to come up with a bumper sticker or a T-shirt or something. Uh, don't wait till it's too late to give a damn about your democracy, because that's what seems to happen. People only wait once their candidate has lost. And, you know, when uh, President Trump has been announced as the winner of the uh, 2016 presidential election, all of a sudden, all of these people, all of these Hillary Clinton supporters who are mad at my even talking about these issues right now in the wake of California and in the wake of all of these other states, those same voters who are mad at me for talking about the inability of uh, voters to oversee their own democracy, those same Hillary Clinton supporters are going to suddenly become my best friend if things go south for them uh, all of a sudden in uh, in November when they realize that, gosh, Hillary Clinton would have won Ohio, except for all of these purges done by the uh, Ohio Secretary of State and all other kinds of games. A few other games being played by the uh, uh, Ohio Secretary of State and the Republicans who currently run that state uh, have at least been blocked right now by a federal judge. A uh, federal judge on Tuesday threw out provisions in Ohio's law that had voided absentee and provisional ballots from being counted merely for technical flaws made by otherwise qualified voters. Lawsuit was filed by the Northeast Ohio Coalition for the Homeless, the Columbus Coalition for the Homeless and the Ohio Democratic Party. 
in that case, uh, U.S. District Judge, as a federal judge, uh, Algernon L. Marbley, ruled that the laws that were put in place by the Republican legislature there violated provisions of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution that require citizens receive equal protection under the law. Judge Marbley also ruled that the state's attempt to shorten a period uh, of, uh, of, of voting, an early voting period from 10 to 7 days, uh, during which, actually, no, this isn't the early voting period. This is the cure period. Uh, to shorten the period from 10 to 7 days during which voters could fix various technical flaws, the judge ruled that was also unconstitutional, as was a provision that forbid poll workers from helping to fill out the ballot forms unless the voter declared that he or she was illiterate or disabled. So in cases where you had to cast a provisional ballot in the state of Ohio, Republicans had passed a law that said uh, poll workers can't help people fill those out, can't help, you know, can't look at it and say, oh, wait a minute, you forgot to put in your uh, your address here or your birthday or you forgot to sign this form. That was illegal in the state of Ohio. Judge has now found... Uh, that is uh, unconstitutional. Ohio Democrats cheered the judge's decision this week. Uh, the plaintiff's attorney said that because of the court's decision, thousands of Ohioans will now have their legitimate votes in this fall's presidential election counted. No thanks to Secretary of State John Husted and his fellow Republicans scheming. That, according to the successful attorney in this case. Um of course, it will be uh, well documents filed with the court in February showed that nearly 12 percent of absentee and provisional ballots were rejected by Ohio election boards in 2014 and 2015 um, for technical for purely technical uh, reasons. Plaintiffs had, had identified, for example, 4,100 ballots that they said were disqualified due to these technical errors. Officials from county election boards around the state had testified that some votes were rejected. Uh, but were most likely legitimate. But they blamed instructions provided by the state uh, to carry out these laws. While in other cases, some absentee ballots uh, were counted despite not meeting the letter of the law. So uh, absentee ballots that shouldn't have been counted were provisional ballots that should have been counted were not, according to the testimony at this uh, in this trial. Marbley's ruling uh, enjoins the state from enforcing these technical re uh, requirements that the General Assembly had created and that the governor had signed uh, in the Ohio Election Code. Uh, Husted, of course, the secretary of state says the state will appeal. He says, despite Ohio's democratically elected legislature having created a clear set of rules by passing these laws in 2014 after Obama won the state in uh, uh, 2012, so they passed these laws in 2014, uh, and then he, uh, Houston says, quote, an unelected judge has once again intervened and upset the balance of our election that makes it easy to vote and hard to cheat in Ohio. That's what the Republicans love to say. We're doing nothing more than making it easy to vote and hard to cheat in Ohio and in Wisconsin, and in Texas, and in North Carolina, and in Florida, and in state after state after state, where Republicans are in control and Republicans are making it harder for, uh, for voters to cast their legal vote. Republican Secretary of State uh, added, Judge Marbley's ruling disregards the powers given to the other two branches of government, and I will appeal this latest attempt at, wait for it, judicial activism oh boy 
nothing but Republican code words uh, from the uh, Republican Secretary of State. And by the way, this is a Republican Secretary of State that I have defended in the past. When he first came to office, he came in and he stopped the Republicans in the Ohio uh, General Assembly from passing a photo ID restriction law. To his credit, he said, I did not work with the uh, legislature to... uh, uh, to put in place a law that would stop legitimate voters from being able to cast their vote. And I gave credit and kudos to the uh, Husted at the time. He deserved it. But that was about uh, about six years ago. Since then, since he took over for Democratic Secretary of State Jennifer Bruner, uh, at first I was supported his efforts to protect voters. Since then, he has taken a hard, hard turn to the right. And anybody who thinks that the Ohio election will be carried out with uh, with a fair and even hand by this uh, Republican secretary of state in Ohio is fooling themselves. Pay attention now. And frankly, that's no matter who it is you support, who it is you hope wins this election this November, Republican, Democratic, uh, Green, Libertarian or anything else. Now is the time to pay attention to the November election. A lot of people are concerned about what happened in these primaries. I understand. Keep fighting. Keep fighting for that. Keep fighting to make sure votes are, 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 are tallied. Uh, but make no mistake, uh, time is running out to uh, take action. In, in, many, in many cases, arguably, has already run out to take action for the November election. I think the important thing to remember about all of the sturm and drang that's going on about these primaries, which is very important and people are very angry, it is also a teachable moment. So now we are taking the opportunity to teach people. If you're hearing this show, then tell all the people that you know, hey, you can be the person that helps shepherd them through the November election. Be the person who understands what's going on with the voting rules in your jurisdiction, in your state, and and, and nationally as well. Help people understand how this works before we get to November. Every day is a teaching moment right here on the broadcast, <laughs> and I had hoped uh, to teach Democrats how to deal with uh, Donald Trump by playing the Elizabeth Warren uh, speech, which we're just not going to have time for today. It was unbelievable. But if you want to know how to deal with Donald Trump, go pay attention to Elizabeth Warren. We're going to take a quick break and come back and pay attention to Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so, now more than ever. Please stop by Bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going, or even just a one-time-only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds right now to stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. Welcome back to the broadcast. 
You know, Des, uh, Desi Doyen, it doesn't even seem, uh, it, it's really only been a few days, but for some reason it, it seems like forever since we've uh, had a Green News report. I know. Weird, what happened here? Yeah, was that just because of what happened oh, in uh, the primaries? The, yeah, and, I think yeah. The, the, okay. the basically getting taken over by, eaten alive by the California primary. My brain has been eaten alive by the California primary, uh, but and we will continue to cover it on our next thrilling broadcast, but a short break. Well, we get to our latest Green News report. San Francisco adopts a climate change adaptation tax. Alberta, Canada, home of the tar sands, adopts a carbon tax. U.S. Congress updates toxic chemical regulations for the first time in 40 years. Britain's solar output crushes coal. Plus, a breakthrough in the quest to create an artificial leaf. There was a quest to create an artificial leaf? There is now. Who knew? All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Ripping up the climate agreement that was reached in Paris would be reckless, counterproductive, self-destructive, and it would in the end be uh, an act of ignorance, of utter, unbelievable, contemptuous ignorance. But how do you really feel about it, Secretary Kerry? This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, there has been a surprising spate of good news when it comes to legislation over the past few days. Has yeah. there not? Yeah, don't get used to it. Really? There were quite a few big things. I got a lot of big votes this week, including one of the first climate change adaptation ballot measures ever to be put before voters. In San Francisco, voters approved a measure to restore wetlands of San Francisco Bay and strengthen coastal communities to prepare for rising sea levels. It looks like the new property tax easily cleared a required two-thirds vote threshold. The estimated $25 million in revenue that's expected per year will go to restoring 10 to 15,000 acres of tidal marshes in San Francisco Bay. So who says good things didn't happen at the ballot box on Tuesday? And in Alberta, Canada, home of the tar sands, the Alberta legislature on Tuesday passed a landmark carbon tax to address climate change. Premier Rachel Notley called it, quote, long, long, long overdue in this province. This is amazing. This is the tar sands oil region. This is where the the dirty, sticky, gooey oil that was supposed to come down through the Keystone XL pipeline. This region makes billions of dollars for Canada. Uh, It's been on fire for the last month, thanks to global warming. And now they're passing a carbon tax in this same area. That's kind of amazing and kind of fantastic. And all thanks to the big political change that happened less than a year ago when Notley was originally elected. See, elections do matter, don't they? Yep. Now, starting in January, the Climate Leadership Implementation Act will levy a fee on all fossil fuels sold in the province with the revenue going to renewable energy projects and rebated to low and middle income households to offset any higher costs. Nice. Here in the U.S., Congress actually did something. Wait, what? Yes, an update to the Toxic Substances Control Act, which regulates chemicals in the United States. It's the first update since 1976. It increases the Environmental Protection Agency's authority and oversight of toxic chemicals. Now, everyone on all sides agreed that it was woefully outdated. Environmental groups were very critical of many provisions, but essentially said, this is better than what we have. The chemical industry likes it because it replaces a patchwork of state regulations. Out of some 
some 60,000 chemicals on the market in the U.S., the EPA has tested only 200. This will help change that. In Illinois, electric utility Exelon says it will have to close two nuclear power plants that are struggling economically due to the boom in cheaper natural gas and renewable energy sources. Exelon failed to persuade the Illinois state legislature to add nuclear to its clean energy standard. That requires electric utilities to obtain a percentage of their energy from renewable sources. This isn't necessarily good news for the climate because in the absence of a requirement to use zero-carbon nuclear energy, Illinois utilities may instead turn to coal. The U.K. has set another national solar energy record. Solar power in the U.K. produced more electricity than coal across the month of May. That's the first time that solar's share of electricity generation in the U.K. surpassed coal across the whole country over an entire month. 2016 marks the first time that coal has not been Britain's primary electricity source since the late 1800s. Charles Dickens is weeping. Finally, a breakthrough in artificial photosynthesis. Harvard University researchers have succeeded in creating what they've called an artificial leaf. It's essentially a liquid battery that mimics the process of photosynthesis, converting water and sunlight into hydrogen like plants do. Lead researcher Professor Daniel Nocera in a video press release says the artificial leaf's hydrogen output can be used for many, many things. Instead of having a gas station, the sun is hitting your house, you have the artificial leaf, you could be generating your own fuel. It's several years away from commercialization, but it can be done more cheaply and more efficiently than any other experiments with artificial leaves using common materials. Very cool. Thank you for that report, Desi Doyen. For much more on all of these stories and all the ones that we had to leave behind, am I barking up the wrong tree? Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. You're welcome. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I talk to the trees, but they don't listen to me. <laughs> I talk to the Don't give me those looks, uh, Desi Doyan. Yeah, you don't like those, uh, th- those tree puns? What's wrong with I you? I thought those were hilarious. I thought you would be rooting for me. Oh, you're welcome. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, uh, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night or weekend or week or month with us. It is greatly appreciated. We also appreciate all of those uh, of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what it is that we do here on your public airwaves. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it and all of the others at bradblog.com. You can leave comments for us there. You can stop by iTunes and subscribe for free to the Bradcast. And uh, give us a good review there, if you don't mind, so that others can find us as well. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog, And drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.